Alrighty, welcome everyone to Football Addicts Anonymous Podcast. As always, we got Chris Cherry here with me. <laughs> Just us today. Yep. Mark's a very good day for me today, but we'll <laughs> see uh, how I get through it. Yeah, yeah, we well, uh, had a really good divisional round weekend. I know I spent it both days with the boys, chilling around, hanging around and watching the games. It's a great time. Also won some money, so it was also good as well. Um So let's uh let's get into these games here that happen on Saturday and Sunday. We'll start the Saturday games. Um first NFC divisional game, Packers winning at home 32-18 over the LA Rams. And Rodgers just Continued to be uh-huh. fantastic. <laughs> I mean, almost 300, three total touchdowns, no turnovers. Uh-huh. Uh, Jones almost 100 <clears throat> yards on the ground as well. Yeah, if there was any more doubt about him being MVP, I, he probably erased that on, what was that, Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, and so much for the uh, number one defense in the league. Uh, did not matter to Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Alan Lazard, and the likes on the Packers offense, but the Packers defense played pretty well. Uh, also, especially Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark, those two guys had one and a half sacks each um, up front for the Packers defense. Yeah, the uh, I think the the um, Aaron Donald injury was big for the Rams. Even though he played, he just he wasn't the same Aaron Donald that we're used to seeing. So, um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think he played his normal amount of snaps. Um, but also, I would give props to left guard Elkton Jenkins uh, because he was the guy that was on Donald most of the game, and he really only allowed, uh, I think, one or two pressures. Uh, I, I remember one, but I, I think he might have let in another pressure too. But still, giving up two pressures to Aaron Donald – no, no hits for him. No sacks. Um, is a really good way to have uh, to go about your game. So um, the Packers uh, will get to host the NFC Championship, which we'll see. Uh, they covered minus seven and over forty-five. <clears throat> no, one thing I did see today though that I was kind of surprised about though is I don't remember how many Aaron Rodgers has been to how many NFC championships he's been to but this is the first one that'll be in Green Bay with, yeah with him as a quarterback so we'll see how he does uh, I believe this would be Rodgers fourth because he's only been to one Super Bowl and he played against the Niners once. Might be his third, but I feel like it's his fourth. I think he might have played against the Giants in one of their Super Bowl runs. Mm-hmm. Um, also, with this game, uh, this is the first time um, the Packers are going to back-to-back uh, conference championships 
since Super Bowls one and two, winning winning Super Bowls one and two those those two years. We'll move on to the AFC game on Saturday. Bills continuing to go, uh, winning seventeen to three over the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson got knocked out in the fourth quarter. Yeah, this is this was a really boring game. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. It was what, like six to three or three to three, something like that, for a long time until the Bills finally at the in the fourth or third or fourth quarter actually scored some touchdowns. Yeah, three three at halftime. Um, Tucker with two missed field goals in the first half for the Ravens. Uh, Tyler Bass also missed one, and um, yeah, then. The Bills finally got digs into the end zone in the early third quarter, uh, which I was disappointed about because I had Gabriel Davis as the first touchdown score in the game, which he had a shot at in the first quarter. The first drive for the Bills, Josh Allen put it on him, and it went right through his hands. And I was like, oh, my Lord, that was $130. Just went right through his hands. uh but yeah i mean really the the tide turned when teron johnson returned that pick six 101 yards uh for a score yeah when that happened i knew that there was no like that was the game pretty much um but then obviously when uh lamar got knocked out yeah yeah, I will give props to Tyler Huntley, though, coming into a divisional round playoff game as an undrafted rookie uh, out of Utah. And, I mean, I, he didn't play terrible. Um, I mean, he was just under, or, yeah, just under 50%. Uh, but he did have that one drive late. Um, that they turned it over on downs, uh, which looks promising anyways. I do have to give props to Bills fans, though, for what they did after the game. Yeah. And they donated, I think I saw, like, over 150000 to Lamar Jackson's charity. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a lot of sacks, as you can see. Uh, yeah, well, but, that, that happens when there's two mobile quarterbacks and both, two good defenses. So. Both defense. I thought Jerry Hughes had a fantastic game uh, for Buffalo's defense. And that's the thing that no one was talking about was Buffalo's defense leading up to the game. They were all Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens' defense, but Buffalo showed that they have a defense too. Um, so I think that bodes well going into the AFC Championship game. Especially if the Chiefs are going to be without Patrick Mahomes. They won't, but... Um, <laughs> Bills covered minus 2.5 and, a half and uh, under 50 easily. And this is the Bills' first AFC championship since 1994. Sunday's games. We just talked about them. The Chiefs holding on to win at home against the Browns 22-17. Uh, like you said, Mahomes, uh, just like Lamar Jackson, got knocked out of the game. But hashtag anything is possible. Chad Henney <laughs> came in in relief and 
Andy Reid called one of the best plays that I think I've ever seen on a fourth and one in a high-pressure situation. <laughs> uh, completing the ball on a quick out. Uh, I don't even remember who the receiver was. Um, uh, I don't remember. It was Tyreek Hill. That's who I thought it was. But, yeah. Tyreek had a great game. Travis Kelsey had a great game. Um, the Browns, I got to say, they, they played well, too. Um, but if it wasn't for that that uh, fumble into the end zone that they had, <laughs> this would have been a whole different game. Yeah, Rashard Higgins fumbling into the end zone. I thought I mean, it was a great play by Daniel Sorensen for the Chiefs. Yeah. but um, That turned into a 10-point swing. Because then yeah. the Chiefs on that drive went and kicked a field goal. So, yeah, I mean, the, really, the only reason the Browns were in this game though was their defense uh, holding Kansas City to field goals instead of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's how you beat the Chiefs because uh, you're not gonna just outscore them. So, mm-hmm. um, props to them, anyways. Uh, Miles Garrett had a sack, but not enough. And really, another thing, though, in this game was the decision to punt on fourth and nine um, for Kevin Stefanski with around, uh, there was about four minutes. I think there was like four minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four four nineteen to go. Fourth and nine on your own, 32. You're down one score, five points. And you decide not to kick it, or to kick it and not to go for it. Um, key play as well. But I, I, I did see a tweet after the game, though. Apparently, if it was fourth and eight instead of fourth and nine, the analytics would have said go for it. Um, just if you're an analytics person. <laughs> That's why I hate analytics. But yeah. There's no more heart in the game anymore. I personally would have went for it. Exactly. Um, And also some people are saying, well, you're punting to Chad Henney instead of Patrick Mahomes. Still behind. You still are leaving it up to – it's not in your hands then. (laughs) You still have to make your – defense has to make a stop, which isn't always guaranteed. At least you can keep it in your hands if if you get the first down. And that, that's the thing, though. Even if you don't get the first down and you do get a stop, it's still a one-possession game if they kick a field goal mm-hmm. at eight points. So um, I think that was the wrong call by Kevin Stefanski, but I'm not an NFL head coach. He is. Uh, Browns did cover plus eight under 56 hit. And now this is um, the Chiefs third straight home AFC championship that Mahomes is the first quarterback under 25 to do that <clears throat> um, and also Andy Reid became the first head coach to guide two teams to three straight home a- uh, conference championship games which he did with the Eagles in from 02 to 04 last game of the night very happy with this game 
Uh, Bucks getting the win in the Superdome, 30 to 20. Um, both quarterbacks sucked. I mean, it, it was just terrible. <laughs> I mean, Tom didn't turn it over though. That's that was the key in the game. The Saints turned the ball over uh, four times. Yeah, that's uh, that's what they were saying during the broadcast. Is that that was like you just said, the key of the game was that the Buccaneers didn't turn it over. That's that was their problem in the last two games against the Saints. And the Saints, it was bit, pretty much flipped last night. Um, the Saints were the ones with the turnovers. And, uh, I don't know, Jared Cook, though, was a big reason for those turnovers, at least two of them. Because he had the fumble and that one interception that went right off his hand <laughs> to basically yeah. seal the game. Yeah. Um, I Like I said, I was happy with this game, though. Um, because it sealed my parlay for the weekend, which was also always great. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, if this was Drew Brees' last game, which a lot of people are saying it is, uh, well, congrats to him on a great career. But also, the future looks bright in New Orleans if they decide to keep Jameis Winston. Even though he was only in for that one play, it was a nice throw and. I mean, they scored the touchdown on that play, even though it was a trick play. Yeah, that was... Um, that's the consensus, is that they do want to keep Jameis Winston. Um, but yeah, that was that, that trick play was crazy, because when it happened, I didn't think about either of these two things, but the revenge for Jameis Winston against the Bucks, uh, And also... It was the same exact play that the Bears dropped last week. And Sean Payton just grabbed it off of the film from the Bears and ran it. Yep. Which is crazy. Um, But I was happy also with this game because I correctly predicted that Devin White would have to be the difference maker, and he sure as hell was. (laughs) With two of the four turnovers, also all over the field 11 tackles he didn't he didn't do it exactly what i said he was gonna do uh which is get a sack but uh he was he all over, everything else though yeah all over the field um great great game for devin white um but yeah bucks are heading to the nsc championship and i said it's this is an early we haven't well i guess i'll wait I'll wait for the when we talk about the NFC matchups a little bit. Um, but anyways, the Bucks covered plus two and a half and under fifty three hit. That's crazy that only one of the four games went over. Yeah, well, I kind of knew the uh, the Bills and Ravens wasn't going to be high scoring. This one though. I thought it would have been a little bit more. Yeah, it uh, over fifty three betters are very sad because the Bucks were in field goal range at the end of the game, and all, and they need the ball like normal. <laughs> but yeah, uh, all right. And Tom Brady now goes to his fourteenth conference championship game in nineteen healthy seasons. No, wait. I uh, I saw another thing today that. I think you would find funny. But it was um, 
uh, Tom Brady has now been to the NFC Championship, and he's only been in the NFC for one year. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys have not been to the NFC Championship in the last 24 years. <laughs> so, yeah. The Cowboys have not had success in the last two and a half decades. Hmm. Wonder why that was. I think um, there's a guy na- with the initials of J and J. <laughs> that is uh, the the reason for that. J- just saying. <laughs> yeah. And that was all the games for the divisional weekend. I thought it was a pretty good weekend. Um, a lot of close games. Yeah. News segment here. There is one kind of major thing in college that just happened today. Uh, Tennessee is firing head coach Jeremy Pruitt amid um, NCAA investigations into their program. Uh, Apparently it's very bad stuff. I'm trying to think of a better adjective for it. Um, But (laughs) very bad uh, is the word that I'm hearing uh, as far as the investigations and what they're finding uh, into the football recruiting violations that uh, Tennessee has committed under Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, Their AD is also expected to retire. Uh, so they will be looking for a new athletic director and head coach. Um, which is funny because I remember a couple weeks back when I saw a tweet that someone had asked Jeff Fisher if he would be interested in the Tennessee job, and he said yes. He said he would be interested I haven't heard Jeff Fisher's name in a really long time. Wow. Please, please, Tennessee, hire Jeff Fisher so you can be even worse than you already are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they'll just go. Uh, they'll just go like six and six every year now. If Jeff <laughs> Fisher's hired, or or uh, five and seven. <laughs> That's the equivalent to eight and eight and seven and nine in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. um, one other thing that I literally just popped up on my screen: uh, Chris Olave, the Ohio State wide receiver, is returning to school. Uh, interesting returnee, anyways, for the Buckeyes. Uh, so whoever is their quarterback, I know they're having a competition uh, for next year. Well, because that, that was probably Fields. a smart move on his part, though, because I don't think he was in that first group of receivers there in the in the draft. So yeah. uh, maybe going back to school for this year, he'll maybe raise his draft stock a little bit and uh, maybe be in that top top of the class next year. Yeah, I mean, he definitely made himself some money anyways uh, at the end of the year with his performances. Uh, but, yeah, I think full season of being the number one guy Mm -hmm. uh, definitely but again it depends on how the quarterback plays I think he's not going to have elite guy like Justin Fields anymore so Uh, NFL news let's get into some coordinator news here interviews Uh, so the Seahawks they are interested 
now for their offensive coordinator still. Um, former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson is a candidate there, um, as well as they just said today that uh, former Jets head coach Adam Gase and Chiefs quarterback coach Mike Kafka all um, in play for the Seattle offensive coordinator job. I, I'm so rooting for Adam Gase to be hired by the Seattle by Seattle for the offensive coordinator position because that would be so much karma on Jamal Adams. <laughs> That's the only reason he wanted out of New York is because he hated Adam Gase, and yet they might hire him back as a coach on that staff. Yeah, I mean, I also heard Doug Peterson might not coach in 2021. I There was a thing out there that said he might not coach this yeah. year. So, um, As far as the Jags, Urban Meyer's staff coming together, uh, they're going to interview LSU passing game coordinator Scott Linehan for their offensive coordinator spot and uh, Ravens defensive line coach Joe, Joe Cullen um, for their defensive coordinator spot. They are also looking at um, former Falcons interim head coach Raheem Morris for uh, the D.C. spot as well, uh, which I think Raheem Morris, I mean, I don't know much about Joe Cullen. Uh, Raheem Morris, though, I think would be a really good get for Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, as far as the Steelers coordinator, um, or actually not the Steelers. Well, the Steelers defensive backs coach, uh, Terrell Austin, former Lions defensive coordinator. Uh, he's interviewing with the Titans, um, or he's in play to interview with the Titans. Uh, if That's only if Dean Pease leaves with Arthur Smith to go to Atlanta as his defensive coordinator. But if Dean Pease doesn't leave, obviously, there's not going to be a defensive coordinator spot in Tennessee. Um uh-huh. So that's something to watch coming up. And I also, I had a pretty good weekend predicting things off of the Friday show uh, because I also said this, Steelers have promoted quarterback coach Matt Canada to the offensive coordinator spot, which I'm very happy about. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good uh, offensive coordinator considering, like I said, he's been an offensive coordinator before at Maryland. Um, and, yeah. Correctly predicted that. I was very happy about that one. Yeah, I saw that. And I thought of you immediately. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'll be happy. I was with Mark when when got the news. Um, the Niners, uh, they have some promotions. Uh, their new offensive coordinator is uh, run game coordinator Mike McDaniel, taking uh, Mike LaFleur's place who followed Robert Sala to New York to be the Jets offensive coordinator and uh, also linebackers coach D'Amico Ryans officially promoted to defensive coordinator uh, which was expected all along like I said offensive coordinator Mike McFloor going to New York with Robert Sala uh, as the OC the uh, Falcons for their offensive coordinator spots they're interviewing a couple people. Um, Panthers wide receivers coach Frischman Jackson and um, Bears passing game coordinator Dave Ragoon, um, both in play for the Falcons offensive coordinator spot. And we did have another coach hiring. It literally came right after the Bucks saints game ended. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Chargers have got their guy. Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley has been hired as the head coach in L.A. Just has yeah. to go across the building. <laughs> uh, I yeah. I was kind of surprised about this because I had heard in the days before that that um, Brian Dable was the favorite for the job or one of the top candidates for the job. I don't even know if they ever interviewed him. Um, but, yeah, I guess they technically went in-house or in the same building. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, it was kind of a shock to me, too. Like, um, Brian DeBall was um, said as the favorite anyways, but apparently he uh, – there's reports that he's not – He's he took himself kind of off the market and he's going to stay in Buffalo for another year and uh, see what opportunities – wait for next season um which i think is fine uh but yeah brandon staley was going to interview with the eagles uh but the chargers just never let him leave <laughs> they just were like nope we're gonna, we're gonna sign you <laughs> so um so that leaves what the eagles and the texans are the only two jobs left yeah um speaking of the texans uh, they have interviews coming up. Uh, Bills defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier and uh, Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, who initially declined the interview, um, but then after they kind of persuaded him, he will interview uh, with the that Texans. And the fact that there's only them and the Eagles left as head coaching jobs. So. Yeah, true. And <laughs> one thing, I know I said Bills DC, Leslie Frazier, uh, the NFL has – kind of has lifted their thing now um so you can uh virtually interview teams or assistants that are in the playoffs still um this week um the as far as the eagles job goes um one thing to keep in mind for any head coaching candidate that is interviewing with the eagles you're going to have Carson Wentz. Um, Jeffrey Laurie is telling every candidate that they want to keep Carson Wentz, and he will be a part of the team in 2021. Um, so whoever is the head coach has to realize that that's a reality, and um, you're going to have two quarterbacks, essentially. But the Eagles have um, are going to interview uh, Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. They have already interviewed Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels. I I hate it so much, but the reports are that Josh McDaniels is the favorite right now to become the head coach. And I don't I can't I can't do it. I don't want it to happen. Um But I don't have a say. Um <laughs> And then one uh, GM note that just came across the Twitter feed today, uh, which, again, I kind of predicted this on Friday as well. I think it was Friday. It might have been Monday. Um, Former Panthers GM Marty Herney, he is meeting with Washington football team Brass today, uh, including Ron Rivera, and um, could be hired soon uh, within this week. So um, look to see that 
uh, be official for the Friday, for Football Friday. Uh, as far as some player news, uh, <laughs> the Deshaun Watson situation gets continues to get uh, even worse. Um, I saw the one tweet over the weekend that said there is uh, internal thinking that Deshaun Watson has played his last snap in the Texans uniform and that they're talking to teams uh, or gauging interest to see uh, what teams are potentially interested in trading for him. Those teams are the Dolphins, the Jets, and I have no idea how it would happen, but apparently Ian Rappaport said keep an eye on the Panthers as well uh, as an option. Um, again, I have no idea how the Panthers would swing that, but... Yeah. Um, well, the other thing about... Uh, about that whole situation, though, is that Deshaun Watson has the no-trade clause, so he has basically control over the whole situation. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to find it now, but I saw the... Oh, here it is, right here. That uh, there, I saw this tweet that the odds for who would actually be able to trade for him, and <laughs> the Jets are the favorite at a 2-1 to one odds to trade for him which they definitely have the the draft capital to do so. Yeah. Um, and, and they have the cap space to take on his contract as well. I don't know if I have... Um, okay, I don't have the... Uh, I don't have a screenshot of the, the trade that um, was... The, the potential Jets trade. Actually, I kind of remember it now, actually, in my head. Um, the the Jets' potential trade is to trade number two. So you still have 23. Mm-hmm. One of their two first-round picks in 2022. Their 2023 first-round pick. And then you can trade Sam Darnold somewhere to get extra draft picks mm-hmm. back. Yeah, that, that seems like the most common... Um scenario for that but <clears throat> i also saw one article that had like five different scenarios of <laughs> like how you could do it like a lot of it was trading both firsts this year and then other things um one scenario was p- pretty much doing what uh the saints did the one year for i forget, was that the ricky williams thing where they traded their entire draft <laughs> yeah yeah basically for ricky williams um I saw that kind of scenario, and I saw a couple other things, too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind giving up the second pick this year um, for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why there was a thing today that said, like, someone was asking, like, if the Ravens if the Ravens sent Lamar Jackson and their first-round pick to Houston for Deshaun um would that work? And I have no idea why, for one, that the Ravens would trade Lamar Jackson. Um, exactly. I, obviously, uh, the consensus is Deshaun Watson is the better quarterback overall. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Other player news, though, um, as far as playoff teams 
are concerned. So obviously Chiefs uh, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, he's in the concussion protocol. Um, and I was happy again. I, I am on a pretty good predicting streak right now. Uh, I saw a little clip from NFL Network today. Uh, Ian Rappaport was reporting on um, Patrick Mahomes' situation. And um, they said that he could probably um, get on the field by Wednesday which who said that right when it happened i was like yeah yeah probably wednesday or thursday he'll probably get on he'll probably be able to practice again so yeah um i would look forward to wednesday's news cycle for more information on patrick Mahomes. but all the signs uh have looked good andy reed has said so far also nfc uh bucks they designated uh defensive tackle vita vea to return from IR, and he actually could play this week. He fractured his ankle in October, um, and they had the 21-day practice window in order to activate him to the active roster. But, I mean, that would just be just an added, you know, put the cherry on top of the Sunday for the Buccaneers' defense. I mean, they already are pretty good. But having Vita Vea, especially against Aaron Jones, um, in the run game, I think would be even more stout <laughs> up front. And the last thing that I just saw today, uh, the Ravens have waived RG three. So RG three is a free agent once again, which I was kind of, I was kind of surprised by that, uh, because I thought they really liked RG three as their backup. Um, but, uh, I guess I, they must, they must want to get cheaper at the backup position, considering they're going to have to sign Lamar soon. And there are reports that have come out that said the Ravens will discuss it with Lamar, uh, this off season, uh, to sign a long-term deal. So, um, that I guess that's a possibility of why they want to do that. They get cheaper at the back position with Trace McSorley. He's still on his rookie deal, so um, yeah, RD three available, solid backup uh, when he has played. Yeah, he is a very solid backup, but the same thing uh, plagued him in Baltimore that has plagued him pretty much everybody else, everywhere else, and that's his injury history. Mm-hmm. He just can't stay on the field, which is why no team is going to sign him as a starter, even a quarterback desperate team. Right. Um, Yeah. Also, just came across the NFL has informed teams that the scouting combine is changing, Um, changing formats, anyways. So there will be no in-person workouts at the scouting combine. Uh, They'll have to – it'll be pro days. Pro days are going to be the only thing that uh, teams are going to be able to see players work out at. Uh, All interviews will be virtual uh, and the psychological testing that they do. And there uh, will be some in-person medical exams. Uh, that'll likely take place in early April, right before the draft, essentially. 
uh, instead of the normal combine, um, which is usually mid mid February. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is all the NFL NCAA news have. Uh, let's look at the updated twenty twenty one draft order again. Here's teams one through eighteen. Um, the non-playoff teams, and then heading to the next four that were updated after this week's uh, losers, the Jags uh, at 25 for the Rams pick, uh, Jalen Ramsey trade. The Browns get number 26, Ravens at 27, and Saints end up at 28. So, yeah. Championship weekend matchups here. AFC Championship, Chiefs hosting the Bills, uh, and then the Packers hosting the Buccaneers. I think it's going to be one hell of a championship Sunday, Chris. (laughs) Um, I definitely think the better game will be the NFC game. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because of the two legendary quarterbacks that are in that game. Um, and the way that Aaron Rodgers and Brady have both been playing. Um, not saying that the AFC Championship won't be good either, because I think that will too, um, especially if Mahomes is able to play at full strength and all that. Um, but in the NFC game, though, there's going to be that narrative about the whole uh, Tampa Bay having the possibility or the, the chance to play at home for the Super Bowl. Took which, my line, man. <laughs> uh, I can't remember if it's never happened or if it's just that no team has ever won at home in the Super Bowl. No team's um, ever played in their own stadium. It is that no team's ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think that this year there is a real chance that it could happen. But I don't know, with the way the Packers have been playing, even though the Buccaneers did beat them in the regular season. We saw yesterday that the regular season doesn't matter. We've actually seen that a, a lot in these playoffs. Because last week with Baltimore and Tennessee as well. So. Yeah, uh, and I think besides uh, the actual games, I think that um, a lot of... Um, A lot of stuff will be made about the potential Super Bowl matchups, uh, especially after we get through the NFC Championship and we know who the NFC participant is. Then people will be going crazy thinking about, okay, well, is it going to be you know, Packers-Chiefs, Packers-Bills, or is it going to be Bucks-Chiefs, Bucks-Bills? Um, yeah, I, I mean, all four of those potential matchups, though, I think have great like uh, narratives for that too. Um, yeah, I think the worst one though would be Bills Packers. I, I think that's the one I don't want to see. Yeah, I was just trying to think of um, if the Bucks play the Bills in the Super Bowl, would it be the largest age gap? ever in a Super Bowl um, and it would be uh, because right now Jared Goff versus Tom Brady in Super Bowl 53 had the largest one 
um, at 17 years, 2 months, and 11 days. But if Josh Allen faced off against Tom Brady, it would be 19, or, well, it'd be 18 and change. Um, or maybe 19 and change. I don't know. I don't know what the exact numbers are. But it'd be 43 versus 24. <laughs> Uh, which would be crazy. And it's funny, though, looking at the top five largest age gaps ever, <laughs> Tom Brady owns... Actually, oh, wait, no, I thought Tom Brady owned four of the f- five. Never mind. Tom Brady has three of the five, though, however. Peyton has the other two. <laughs> in his two, in two of his four Super Bowls. But, yeah. Uh... We'll talk more about these matchups when we preview the games and pick them on Football Friday. Our final Monday's pick standings after we had the national championship last Monday. All of us got Alabama right. So, Chris, you officially, officially win the Monday show picks standings. (laughs) We should make up some trophies for us to display during our our uh podcast next week or next year yeah well uh we'll get the sponsors on that (laughs) 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 the sponsor of uh i have no money.com that's the one that's the one that's going on your on your trophy (laughs) right now anyways (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh we will have trophies eventually uh or plaques, just so I can put it on the wall behind. Yeah. Uh, and that's really all we have today. It's a very short show. I was, I was correct, Chris. I said we we're gonna do it in under an hour today. Uh, we'll get. We will definitely get more stuff um, coming up on the Monday shows as we get into the all season. We'll do some ranking shows. Uh, we'll do a lot of pre-draft stuff. Some. Um, well, we, we won't do any fantasy previews until after the draft when we know where the rookies are going. Um, but we could uh, if, if people yeah. wanted to. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, looking to get some more guests on here. But anyways, next Monday, though, we will be talking. Um, we will be previewing a little bit the upcoming Senior Bowl on Saturday. Um, as well as taking a very early look at the matchup for Super Bowl 55. Um, And one interesting note uh, for the Senior Bowl that just came out today as well, Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver Devontae Smith. He will be at the Senior Bowl. He won't play, though, uh, or practice. Uh, He has a thumb injury right now, so he's not going to play in the game. Um, But he will be there interviewing uh, with all 32 teams as well as interacting with... um, the Dolphins staff, considering that is the team that he is assigned to. So, yeah, it is the Dolphins and the Panthers coaching the Senior Bowl this year. So, that is all we have for the show today. Um, thank you, everyone, for watching. Don't forget to follow us on all social media at FA Podcast as well as our website, FAPodcast.com. Hit the little subscribe button on our Spotify page. Much appreciated. Chris, 
Thank you as always, and we will see you on Friday. See ya.